All right, folks, while we are a little late tonight, it is still Thursday and it is still time to get into this week's episode of the Big Go Belt Wrestling Podcast. Oh, man, Jeff Hardy makes his surprising return, if you ask me. Uh, more CM Punk rumors are swirling and the WWE draft is on the way in just a few weeks. We're going to give you our thoughts and reactions to all of that and more in tonight's episode of the Big O Belt Wrestling Podcast. Let's get into it. What's up, good people, and welcome back for another episode of the Big O Belt Wrestling Podcast with just the two of us tonight. OGs, we the, the OGs, the OGs is here. It is I two chains long with the silly himself, himself, <laughs> Mister Silly Silas Marcellus. What's up, my guy? How you feeling? Man, I'm good. Uh, good to be back this week. I know y'all had a great show last week. Got some more good content to talk about this week. And why not talk it with my old boy, my OG here? Yeah, it's been a while since we kicked in. We, yeah. we kind of <laughs> started the thing off yeah. here. And uh, yeah. it is uh, it is very rare that it's just the two of us. But, you know, with all of our other members missing tonight, Damien on his flight back home. Yep. Uh, he was at Battle Club Pro uh, for Woman Crush, Woman Crush Wednesday up in new york uh the battle club pro folks putting on another banger of a show getting a report from damien via text last night um and then we also have uh you know will's out doing some things and uh jamal's out doing some things but everybody's good we'll see who is here next week but it's all good because that's why we got a team because at any given time you never know who the combination is going to be for handling the duties of getting you all that content um but yeah we're going to talk some wrestling, and before we even get into tonight's show, uh, check out me and Jamal's review of this week's episode of AEW All Access. We have been given opportunity to check out these episodes early, um, and yeah, our thoughts are there for the first three episodes, and I ain't even going to spend any further time on that, but yeah, you can check that out just for folks looking for additional content, wrestling content, and then if you love movies, comments, and all that other good stuff, you already know what it is at Big O Belt Media. We got tons of content available for, you, available for you right now on the YouTube channel, and catch up with us at BigOBelt.com for everything that you need. Let's talk about Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy, man, one of our favorite wrestlers for over the years, and yep. Why I may I may why I may never say he was one of my favorite wrestlers. He's always been a favorite wrestler because uh, he's one of those. Like oddly enough, when at, at, at WrestleMania and, and everybody's talking about everything uh, in which Rey Mysterio meant to pro wrestling and to the culture, mm-hmm. I actually started to think Jeff Hardy actually resembles a lot of that as well too. Of course, the stories and the backgrounds is drastically different, but when you talk about what Jeff Hardy did 
for uh, pop culture, for the uncasual fan, how he revolutionized the game, the Hardy Boys, whatnot. He's one of those folks that, like, everybody recognizes his face. Everybody knows his style. And um, by all means, he had the fans going crazy. You know, you wanted him to do a moonsault, the twist of fate. Um, and then they just continued to uh, really uh, reinvent themselves over the years. And, you know, the Broken Hardy era was some of the best uh, outside of WWE content of all time. Um, and nonetheless, we do know on a personal note, uh, because not that we know him personally, but because we have been invited into uh, his personal life because his personal life has started to become public record. Yep. And he's been dealing with sobriety for a very long time. Indeed. And uh, he recently had a hiccup again. And uh, AEW had been in full support of that. And there's a lot of other little things about this. Listen, this guy had a DUI, a DUI, a DUI. If you yep. can count folks, that's three. Yep. And um, which means, and anybody who knows anything about DUIs knows that, like, listen, your license is going to be suspended. If you've got about three DUIs, there's no way you have a license. And by the third time, he was driving on a suspended license. Alcohol content was through the roof. And, you know, thus that put his, not only his wrestling career, but his life and anybody who was even around him at the time, their life in danger. So, yep. you know, AW had been in full support of getting him the rehabilitation that he needed and so on, and we talked about this when this news broke. What was your stance then when we heard about Jeff Hardy? Just, just, just reflecting back at that moment when the news came out again, what, what was your stance then? Before we talk about currently how you feel, but what was your stance then about what happened with this? I, I always had this in my heart about Jeff Hardy. Like you said, we've been, like for us in our generation, how old we are in our mid-30s, right? It's like our whole life of wrestling revolved around Jeff Hardy and when he started out and when we started wrestling like in our early you know pre-teens and stuff like that to where we are now it's like our whole career of watching wrestling we've seen Jeff Hardy for his high moments and his moments where it's like oh how are you doing it how are you going to make it Jeff and hey, really, you know what's you know what's you know what's wild about that statement was that that's like a, that's like a both in-ring and out-ring statement yes 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 <laughs> and it's like for me personally, I think it comes to a cringing moment where we both have experienced, you know, great loss or great, you know, suffering that family members that we've been involved with. And when you look at Jeff Hardy like that, it's like, I feel for you, man. I just want you to be OK, because if this was somebody else's shoes, I don't know if you'll make it to your age right now based on the choices that you made. And I know some of those have to do with you just needing help. Some of those have to be what type of understanding of what you're doing to your body. But him to get chance after chance, it's like I'm happy for you. But let's stay on the brighter side where you're understanding what's going on. So when it came to that last moment, I was like man, here we go again. Is this the end? Because this is like a, in a way, a childhood hero that we've seen grow up with us. And it's like your brother that you've known for a long time that you just want to make sure it's okay. Um, I just, I just hope that he continues to just stay what he needs to do just to be on that positive message. But it just, it hurts. It hurts. Cause you never want to see anybody suffer, especially on a public aspect like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, seeing such a public figure fall, uh, and 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 to this deep abyss and this this complete demise of everything that they established and built over the years in the way that Jeff Hardy has is is very heartbreaking and yeah you know Jeff Hardy his style the fishnets and um yeah yeah uh, the uh, Jukin um 
Jugan, right? That's yeah, what it's called. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Um, and, and and all of that. I mean, when that listen, were you in Florida when they when they returned to WWE? Were you at that? No, I was not. I was okay. Not. No, I, I wasn't. I was that talking to. I didn't. I didn't go either. But I, you know, everybody talks about that being the biggest pop ever and and i do remember that because it was conversations like like you said like when naomi and the jeff hardy when the hardy brothers came up it was the two biggest pops they had yeah, but and that that, pop naomi, naomi being whole field home field advantage so right. you know that that you get that but like the hardys were turning and the way how people talked about how that stadium erupted i mean it tells you that like and even still now they get a pop because they're just they 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 put butts in seats and they, they just build that sort of you know um that 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 legendary status with them so but even with that and and obviously much like we said before you know we 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 want to put him in in good thoughts and prayers and you know we 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 wish him the best seeing him come out and dynamite uh during a moment where he comes to rescue his brother matt hardy and isaiah cassidy as they're going against um ethan page um, and their little dispute upon, you know, getting out of their contract. Mm-hmm. I think for a quick second, I was, I don't know, was I, I don't know what the emotion was, but I was just kind of like, maybe a, almost like an out-of-body experience. I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. what? Mm-hmm. And obviously a picture just came out of him recently with somebody, a fan with him at the airport, and he was definitely grayed out. But, you know, Father Time, no one beats him. Yeah, absolutely. Except LeBron James. Maybe. <laughs> no. <laughs> he came and got his hair right about it. There. But just seeing Hardy in that condition, you just start to think like, well, you know, alcohol would do that to you. Would definitely yeah. make you age a couple of times faster. And and the the point of the matter is you just start to think like, okay, he's still, to me, I, and maybe it's judging and maybe it's just whatever, but it's just still thinking like, oh, yeah, you know, he's still working through it. And it's, for, it's a forever process. But yep. him coming out, it was just kind of like, I was not expecting that. I don't know how I would do it if I would do it, but like I just didn't know how what what, what I would feel when it does. And when he came out, it was kind of just like, wow. Um, okay. I, I didn't know what to make of it. I mean, he got a pop. I thought the cheer thing was pretty cool. Uh his hair was dyed, so you know, mm-hmm. he had to make sure he he wasn't coming out slacking with the grays. But yep. uh, you know, and and, and maybe I can say like how did he move in the ring? I guess. Okay. I mean, you know. Like I said, Father Time hits, you can't expect the so much. Yeah. And, you know, he's still going to do his stance. He's, yep. he's still going to high fly. He's never going to take that out of his repertoire. Uh, the You know, the Swanton still looks as good as always. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's just a lot of concern. And 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 and, and I'm going to say this as a, as a person who's big on empathy you know, mm-hmm. we done seen uh, the Usos, you know, dealing with Oof, that. Yeah. Uh, we talk about injuries. We done seen Brian Danielson, Paige, yep. or Soraya. You know, mm-hmm. we've seen folks come back yep. from these moments. There's just absolutely walking testimonies that folks, if their mind is to it, they can get back. Both, absolutely. You know, and, and granted, like when you think about the injuries, yes, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a science thing, but if you – Listen to uh, Saray, especially in all access, you hear like it's a mental thing to be able to come back and do this. And with Jeff Hardy's taking these nasty bumps over the years, and you're just literally seeing his body just deteriorate. And then the sobriety is definitely not going to help him. And he's dealing with that. He's dealing with those demons. A part of me is just like I'm rooting for him because I want to see him beat this. 
but it's still very difficult to just watch that and not feel for the person. The the rest of Jeff Hardy, you want to see him doing, but the person is just kind of like, I really, really want you to really take time, all the time, you know, yep. um, and come back. And I, I, I got to say, this return felt very normal. Like anybody who had just uh, an injury, it's just like, oh, they're, they're gone for like six months. I mean, like this for like the same lift as Adam Cole being gone, you know, and yep. it's kind of like, oh, he's back, you know, put him back in the program. And I don't know. I guess I just wanted this to felt like I, I guess I wanted this to feel like it was taken care of with more delicacy. But again, that's a little bit of like my personal feelings. But at the same time, as the fan kind of really battling each other, because as I said, I really didn't know how I felt. Just to see it. I was like. I don't know, but for you, sir, you talk to me. So, so I saw it from a different perspective. So when I saw it, I saw I wasn't watching Dynamite Live. I got a, a Bleacher Report notification in my phone that said, "Oh, Jeff Hardy returns." I and I was surprised. I was like, I was not expecting that at all. So I was like, mm -hmm. "What?" Let me look at this little clip that goes with it. And I saw the him coming down the ring with the chair and everything, and how he used the chair spots. And like you even mentioned, the spots that they used were very choreographed in a way, and I'm going to say choreographed in a way where it was very simple for him coming back at his age and not show how his ring rust would be just being able to move in the ring. It was very simple maneuvers that whoever he was doing moves against, it was easy for him to capture. Like, for yeah. example, it telegraphed when he did that over-the-rope spot when he was pulling the rope down, it was telegraphed way early. But it was safe enough where he could do his moves to get that popping reaction, but still the performance can make him look good as well. But this is the thing that I thought about immediately, and it kind of talked about what you said, how I felt earlier. My thing is, how is this story going to end? When Jeff Hardy is all said and done and you're looking at either, you know, beyond the ring or AEW legend, I mean, excuse me, uh, WWE legends that may come out where his story of his wrestling story may come out of what he's done during his whole career. What is going to be that ending story? Is this finally going to be the turning point of a happy ending or is this going to be a point where it's like, Jeff, I'm glad to see you back, but don't. You know, don't break my heart again. We don't need to have another situation where we have another setback and we see something live in the ring that may mimic a disaster that's already happened before. And I'd rather not say the names of it, but I'll say that the events that's happened on pay-per-view or the events that's happened with him while he was on TNA, we don't want to see any of those aspects with him again. I'm just hoping, hoping that it's going to be a positive outcome of how the story ends. Yeah, I, I will say, and my grain of confidence in the difference here is that it feels like uh, there's a more of a support circle for all mm -hmm. of this. Uh, Tony Khan seems to be very adamant to be hands on with these folks. Um, WWE also had been in full support of wanting to help him as well, too. And, yep. you know, and regardless of who wants to help him, he has to want to do it. Yes. I love a redemption story in the sense of him coming back to in his wrestling career on his terms and not letting Indeed. his sobriety and his demons be the one to claim how the story ends. So seeing him come back through the twist of fate and all of it look good. And then you talk about like the tour, how things look kind of choreographed. I mean, all, all like returns kind of look the same way, you know, yeah, you get, the, yeah. you come out with the chair and you miss the chair shot. You hit it on the ropes and you just stand tall. Like, yeah. you know, come get some, they, they, it's all the same, but I will say again, you know, he, 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 um, for what he was able to make in those moments, I thought that he did a good job. Um, cause, cause like we, we talk about Jeff, like Matt, Matt looks like he struggles in the ring in terms <laughs> of like hip and leg movement and whatnot at times. Uh, so Jeff, obviously, you know, still and for always will have the upper edge on his brother 
It's just a matter of like, you know, seeing them go out on their terms and do they get one more title run? They're, they're arguably one of the best tag teams of all, of all time. You, say, you got know? to. Got to. Yeah. And I think that's what they want. And I think they hang it up that way, you know? And I think at some point they realize that they have to transition into a role where everything is safe. Um, the, 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 the demand on the body, not having to wrestle like Jeff Hardy, you yep. know, because he continues to wrestle like Jeff Hardy, yep. um, you know, and, 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 and being involved in wrestling in a way that just is different, you know, backstage or opening or, you know, continuing a wrestling school and doing things on a Hardy compound, you know, focusing on their kids, uh, getting yep. back to conventions and making all that money. Like there's plenty of wrestling related things involved for them. And, you know, making sure that Jeff is happy um, and is aware of the challenges and the fight, the continued struggle and fight that he has to put out each and every week. So I don't know, man, we're going to have to see again. It was a, it was definitely a moment of just kind of like, man, you know, fingers crossed. I'm, I'm my fingers are crossed. I'm just hoping I'm just hoping for positivity. Yeah, that's all we can do because, you know, big, and as again, Jeff Hart was never one of my favorite wrestlers, but he's a favorite wrestler because there's no denying the cultural impact that this guy has done uh, for fans. Everybody wanted to go out and do uh, the gestures, the juke, you know, even times where I even thinking about Mac, man, I, I'm not going to get a fish in that thing, but damn sure you get the sleeves with the tats and, you know, the, the, the Ed Hardy era. And you think yep. like, oh, it's Ed Hardy. But for me, it was fucking Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Hardy. Hardy. Yep. Yep. <laughs> And I'll even add this, like going back to what you said, Ray Mysterio, Eddie, Gu- Eddie Guerrero. I'm gonna give you mm-hmm. Hoovintoot. Um, no, Jeff bro. Hardy. No, bro. Stop <laughs> trying. You don't have to fanboy me. I love Hoovintoot, but Hoovintoot <laughs> did nothing for anything. <laughs> but I'll say this: well, with Eddie and and Ray, you know, recently because he's being in the Hall of Fame now, all those are wrestlers that are generational wrestlers. They may not be your favorite, but when you hear him talking about man, this and the Miz is gonna be it too. When you think about where they have been for their whole career and where they are now and just the impact of how long they've been doing this, um, they have an impact on you, regardless if you like them or not. You have to respect what they do in this business in the ring, but you also care about how they are outside of the ring. Yeah, yeah. And and I think, you know, in in, in the world of us, you know, creating content, podcasts and whatnot, you know, a part of me wants to stay a fan. And sometimes I wish I didn't know these things. Yep. Uh, But, you know, it's just what it is. And I think with the involvement and the transparency through through social media, absolutely, uh, we we get insight in ways that uh, we never expected. And I think that's what's kind of intriguing about, like, looking at stuff like Dark Side of the Ring, where you look back and say, like, I had no idea there was these type of struggles happening. You know, I can remember some of even the slightest things that no, not realizing how demanding these wrestlers schedules were. Oh yeah. And the sacrifices. You didn't know this when it was a kid. You all you cared about was seeing them each and every week and doing what they do, you know, and then looking at the, the tensions that were happening and people out for themselves. It's a lot of things that you just, when you grow older and still love the same things, you just get exposed to. It's kind of just, semi-difficult at times. I think this is another one, seeing Jeff Hardy, one of our favorite wrestlers who, again, everybody wanted to be him. If you backyard wrestle or you play gown wrestled or basement wrestle with your friends, somebody was Jeff Hardy. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and somebody did a swanton in the basement and did not break their necks. You know, they did successfully. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> no one had his skill, but everybody tried. So. Yep, exactly. 
Anyway, let's get to uh, CM Punk now because CM Punk rumors are swirling again. Um, typically, when I hear about news, I uh, comes from Sean Ross Sapp of uh, FIFO, and he's been reporting, putting in the work all day um, about CM Punk rumors. And there's also been news coming from FTR as well in terms of their communication with Punk and Punk being like, hey, he misses wrestling. And then Sean. Uh, had reported uh you know news have been swirling around about tentative plans of him returning there's been talks about a new show Mm -hmm. um and and so on so there's a lot of still things coming out and um obviously you know to get the news first uh which seems like a seamless plug here but fightful select can get you all of that uh right right as soon as it drops and then you know once things get released that's when uh twitter gets a hold of it and 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 people start to make their own conclusions about it but um same about coming back man uh, this is start there what, what is your thoughts about hearing the news the rumors of him wanting to return and 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 and, and kind of how you want to see this play out so I, we we both talked about this before, you know, in previous shows where CM Punk is going to want to look out for CM Punk in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. And of course, with AEW having the news about the London show and things of that nature, CM Punk is not going to miss an opportunity where he could showcase himself for an audience in a venue where AEW is still growing, where he can definitely make his mark. But he wants to do it in his own terms. I think he wants to return. I think the people that's in the in the locker room really like him. I think they want to support him. But CM Punk wants to do things that's good for him. I think he's going to return. I, I think it's inevitable for him to return, but how he does it and the impact of how he does it as well, because he's going to want that reaction. He's going to want that spotlight. He's going to want to be at the top of the card, if not the main event. And he's going to want to make sure he gets a benefit financially of it. Now, I think personally, he's able to put over people. He's able to help grow other people, but he wants to make sure he gets a benefit for himself. I know what's going to happen. We, I think we both know what's going to happen, but just, if you want to do it, you know, shoot your shot and do it and be consistent with it. That's that's the biggest thing we want. Yeah. Well, I was never a big fan of CM Punk being treated the way he was after uh, whatever they call it, fall brawl or brawl yeah. out, or brawl, whatever it is. I was never a fan of it because just my take on how those events went out, it just didn't seem right. Um, so a couple of things for me is that one. CM Punk coming back and then then there may be interest and maybe a plan means that like in result of him and what happened in that thing, because at one point you made it seem like, oh, he started some stuff. He's out of the company. Yep. He's a cancer. Da, 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 da. In fact, he might have been suspended and then no leave of absence here. Um, so, yes, under contract means that, yeah, if you're going to pay the guy, might as well do something with him. Him saying he missed wrestling, I think, is also a really nice thing because let's not forget, he was very adamant about not miss wrestling for a very long time. So if he has a positive light and wanting to come back, obviously everybody knows what's happened. Obviously, there had to have been some level of counseling and some level of like, you know, reconciliation to even discuss potential programming with him going forward. Then why not? The fans should get behind it, you know. And let's just call it what it is. Every time CM Punk came out since his return, people cheered for him. Oh, yep. It's big pops. It is odd to say this, but it's almost like Vince McMahon. You love to hate him, mm. but any single time that dude music hits, yep, exactly, exactly. Fans are funny to me. <laughs> fans are funny because I can't find a good comment in the bottomless pit of wrestling Twitter uh, for CM Punk. 
And if his reputation is what it is, because everybody has, it says everybody has a reputation. You know, Absolutely. Say everyone's hard to work with. But hell, a lot of those people that they say are, are like that got jobs. Thunder Rosa, Britt yep. Baker, CM Punk. They're on the AEW. No, those popes people got jobs, but they got fans. And I think that to alienate him just seems kind of funny to me. But anywho, in the light of these rumors, I am interested because I think CM Punk is the star that they need. I think he is a needle mover. I think that uh, what he brings is unpredictable at times. You know, he gets the mic. You never know what he's going to say. I think you could plug him into any feud. I think you okay. can work with the young folks. You can work with the 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 um the pillars. Yep. You can work with some of the 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 the, the very established legendary talent that they have. You can put them anywhere, and it makes sense. And I think that as you continue to build these, as Tony Khan like to say, dream matches. Yep. There's a lot left when you talk about CM Punk. Also, ROH is back. It's a lot of legacy with that guy there. With him personally, yeah. With him personally. Yeah. yeah. Now, ROH is kicking off in a good way. And I just think that there's a lot to do here. And I think that uh, there's a lot of egos in the locker room. There's a lot of tension in the locker room. All access makes that very clear. Mm-hmm. I don't see the reasons of alienating him, out, alienating him out. So him coming back is going to be intriguing because every single week, everybody's going to watch to see what drama is going to unfold. And to make and a comparison real quick, not to cut you off, make a comparison. We we hear now lately where let's say Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins don't like each other, but they know how to be professional. They know how to be professional in the ring to make money to make a match. Even if somebody doesn't like CM Punk, as you was mentioning, he is the type of guy that can work with anybody in the ring, no matter what the style is. He can adapt to that to work with them, even if they don't like if they don't like each other, because he can make sure he knows what that story needs to tell to move forward. He's good at that, in my opinion. Yeah, I just think that you know, as we always say, good. Uh, whether you get cheers, whether you get booze, any reaction is a reaction. Yep, it's a good reaction. Yep, <laughs> absolutely. And I know that's what's going to happen. I mean, and granted, like there's folks that come out that get nothing. Um, and I think he comes out and he instantly is going to have people lock in. The ratings yep. will move. I don't care about ratings, but I know they will move. Yep. I know there will be interest in him. And I think that uh, considering the programming that you put him in um, could be something you can sustain for months. Yep. I mean, you put him near the championship picture again because he had to forfeit it. That's him and MJF is, is a story that had to be finished. Him and uh, Hangman Page, him yep. and the Elite is yep. right there, you know. Him versus Khan, because why not get Tony Khan in the mix? That's a year it's, programming right there. A yeah, year it's, programming. Inev- it's inevitable before you have Tony Khan become an on-screen character like he was doing in Impact here. Yes. So, like, why not, yes. you know? Um, and, and, and granted, I think that while there are divides in the locker room, well, FTR likes them. I think that's a good show of confidence that there is people in his corner, and they're vocal about it, too. Yep. And CM Punk was out WrestleMania weekend as he they, he you know made an appearance at the uh, at their uh, live podcast and whatnot. So like the CM Punk who did not like wrestling, who went underground for a couple of years, isn't that CM Punk here? This CM Punk is the one that had to remove himself from a situation that wasn't going to work for him. I mean, granted, like if you had issues with folks who were wearing hats in the company, 
that's a battle you're not going to win here. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's probably good that you go away to be missed. And I think this works really good for AEW in terms of rating and in terms of selling factor. And I also think that um Fight for the Fallen is pretty happy because they can put their promotional material back up to uh to 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 what it was. And granted, he's gonna move merch, he's gonna sell ice cream, it's going to be a good old time when he gets back. And I think that uh well, <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. Um, anything else, Sam Punk? Talk about. I guess we got to keep an eye out for the news coming from Sean Rossap at FIFO and uh, anybody else who's reporting this. But Sean's kind of been on the front of this. Um, any other thoughts, comments? I, I tell you what, who you who do you want to see him come back with? Um, I think MJF is just the perfect person to come back with. Um. Just put them right to there. I, I I love when you have two talkers that can tell a story, but then also put that in the ring too. And when you think about what's going on with London, why not have those two face off and, and do that? I'm just saying, but you know, I, I think I think MJF is the best spot for him. It's like a natural, you know, yin yang counterfeit between them two. Yeah, I think uh putting some butts and seats at Wembley to ensure they can oh, do yeah. what could potentially be their biggest show ever. I Got think to. you have to bring in the full clip. Yep. <laughs> and let loose. Shoot all and your let shots. Loose. You got you gotta reach for the sky, boy. Yep. Good old pun to the Briscoes there. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're gonna see. Anywho, um, let's uh hit a break real quick, as we always do. Uh, we'll be back and we'll talk about the WWE draft, the news with that. And then, um, you know, we'll be uh, looking at our hour of our podcast here. So anyway, the Big O Belt Wrestling Podcast, we'll be back in just a moment, folks. A little birdie told me, everybody, that you may be interested in doing some sponsorship and advertising opportunities with us here at Big Gold Belt Media. You know what? You might as well, because we are the golden standard for all of your media needs. Why would you want to go anywhere else besides all of your pre-roll ads, your mid-roll ads, as well as your on-air reads are going to be done by me, Damien G. Yeah, professional broadcaster, Damien G. We do all types of social media promotions. That means your podcast, your IG, your Facebook, your Twitter, and your business website all get shouted out on our network here at Big Gold Belt Media, where we cover wrestling, movies, comics, and more. And you can find out more information and make those inquiries, kids, because you know, limited time offer here at big gold belt group at gmail.com. Again, that is big gold belt group at gmail.com. Why would you want to go anywhere else? I wouldn't. Well, I work here, but I still wouldn't even if I didn't. So again, big gold belt media for all your sponsorship and advertising opportunities, your podcast, your IG, your Facebook, your Twitter, all of your social media platforms, as well as any business website you want us to promote on our show. Big Gold Belt Group at gmail.com and let them know Damon G sent you. All right, folks, we're back here for the second half of this Big Gold Belt Wrestling podcast. Usually Jamal does the indie spotlight, and I just feel like you shouldn't step on his toes with it. So I'm not going to steal his segment here, but I will say that there is a show uh, happening uh, very close uh, in our region yep. at CCW. Uh, which the show uh, is in two days or April 15th. Um, there is still a lot of 
time left one to get tickets and also two if you're interested in uh sponsoring a match you can contact them at ccwbooking at gmail.com you can get over to their twitter at ccw action because on april 15th they have dead zone uh which doors open up at five o'clock bail time at six uh front world 25 general mission 20 um and under five you're free uh this it's a stacked car, and I could just go down so many uh, of these banger matches they have. And I was just telling somebody the other day that, like, man, it's 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 really dope to see, uh, kind of see CCW from um, the beginning till now. Just really one show after the next, just continue to elevate. Um, and with some of the names that's going to be on the show, like Killer Kelly, their champions, Colin King, um, yeah, Steph Delander there, um, yeah. Check it out. I don't even have to go over it uh, because we have a shorter show tonight. Uh, but you can get all that information at CCW Action on Twitter. And again, you can uh, be a part of their sponsorship team at that email that I just provided to you a second ago, which is I don't even know where it went that quick. I'm going to try to plug it sure. one more time. And it's just there it goes. CCW bookings at gmail.com. Let's talk about the WWE draft. So uh, last Saturday, um, I was wrong because I was there was this big news about Triple H and his announcement on SmackDown. And I said very adamantly, he's just going to say exactly the same thing he said on uh, on that following Monday on Raw. On yeah. Raw, yeah, because yep. like on that Raw, he Monday. came out and basically was like, "I know there's rooms swirling, but we're not going nowhere. Same old, same old. Back to business. Cool. That's what you kind of got to do to kind of mitigate." You know, the bad PR that's kind of swirling on, not really yep. PR, but the, the Twitter BS, shall I say. And I said, okay, cool. Well, if he made one announcement on Raw, then he needs to make the same respective announcement on SmackDown because they're two different shows on two different networks and people have different cable uh, uh, packages. So you may miss one and not the other. But anyway, the fan base is going to assume the same thoughts about them uh, both. So why not just duplicate the, the announcement? Instead, he comes out and says the NBA, the NBA, the <laughs> NBA playoffs coming up. Yeah, NBA playoffs are coming up. But Triple H, they say that uh, he said that the WWE draft is coming in just a few weeks and yeah. says they're going to be the biggest draft ever. And he said all the superstars are eligible. Um, We talk about the draft. We've been talking about the draft since we started this yes. podcast. And it is a it's, it's a thorn in my ass. You know why? Because I hate the draft. I really do. I'm getting to that point myself, and I used to be excited for it. I, I was too. I hate yeah. the draft. I hate yeah. the draft because I love the NBA draft. I love the NFL draft. Oh, absolutely. I even love the baseball draft, yes. MLB draft. I, I I love drafts. I love drafts in video games when you're uh, you fantasy know, when drafts. You're, whatever. Yep. I love fantasy football draft. I love drafts. I yeah. hate the WWE draft, and I hate yeah. it because. They just remove the legitimacy of drafts every year. They just exactly. always do things that don't make sense. I don't like the two for one. Like one roster gets two, one roster gets one. I don't like that. I don't yeah. like the logic behind it. I don't like there's 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 things in it, intricacies and like just things in it that just bother me so bad. I really 
And the one year they really tried to do it right when they had the war rooms. I thought that yes. was cool. Yes. And that's when they just signed the deal with uh, Fox. And, you know, Fox is going to make sure that the sports representation is at its utmost. It tried yes. with the graphics and, they, and everything. They absolutely tried. They even had the, the robot and everything. Yes. And they yes. still just, I hate the draft. So, what, what, first of all, what's your thoughts about Triple H News? Um, and I think you kind of agree with me on your thoughts on draft, but I, I won't assume. But what, what's your thoughts about just the draft and Triple H News about this? So like you, with just the draft itself, I just wish it was structured this way. Let me let me bring it up this way. Raw needs to be a specific brand. SmackDown needs to be a specific brand. And NXT needs to be a specific brand. Now, you might ask, well, it already is three different shows. So what do you mean? So you have so many belts, first of all, in WWE. Focus two or three different shows of what you want. So that means if you're drafted to Raw, think of it like what we do in sports drafts for teams. You draft based on what you want your team to facilitate. So if you need a running back in the draft that's a power running back, draft the power running back. Don't get a shifty running back that doesn't fit your system. So get some GMs, some legit GMs of what you want those shows to be ran like. So once you get those GMs, then get a structure where, hey, if I want all tag team wrestling, let me go off all of the tag teams on one show. If I want, let's say, and I'm going to go back to the, the 205 or Cruiserweights. If I want to go to the Cruiserweights or 205 Live to be on a particular show, let me draft for that. So if I can build my show around, okay, let me get a world title, let me get some tag teams, let me get some Cruiserweights, and build your stories around those characters, that may be something where you're intrigued that when I see, let's say, SmackDown, I'm going to see this type of talent. Or if I'm on Raw and I want to get some nice up-and-comers, let me get some young talent so they can spotlight on Raw, Go for that. Have a theme of what you want for your particular show, and that way we can believe in what you want to do. But if you're just having a cookie-cutter copy and paste of Raw or SmackDown or things of that nature on those different shows, it gets boring because all we do is, oh, this person's going to Raw? Yeah, they're going to match up with this person, and, and that's going to be the SummerSlam booking, and now they're already going to WrestleMania booking with that type of matter. Make them matter so that way when you see cross-brand promotions of things of that nature, it becomes more intriguing. Now, going to back to what you said about how the draft is itself, it's something that's getting very distasteful. I haven't liked the draft when I think it was Ric Flair was drafting on one and then Paul Heyman was drafting on the other. I can't remember if it was like Raw SmackDown where they did trades and stuff like that that happened. I think that was the last time I was interested in the draft. Other than that, it's been like, okay, who's going to be on what show? And then what happens when you have these little free bird rules where they go on one show or they can be moved to another show without any cause? Like, make it seem really sports legitimate. Now, with this new deal... It may appear that we may get some more sport-like scenarios of UFC and WWE under the same umbrella, but make it something where it's like a sports-related thing where you're doing size, you're doing trades, and if you go on a particular show, you're going for this type of brand or whatever you're trying to shoot for, for this type of culture of the show. I don't think the Endeavor purchase should play a part in this. And Brian, because that's a part of creative, and we don't want that. Yep. But I would think with the Endeavor purchase that somebody should have this this, this sort of king of saying, hmm, maybe we do actually try to really make this as sportsy as we can mm-hmm. to appease to the bigger or the wider audience, you know, make it promotional for the other shows and whatnot. I, I don't know, but I, I, I do. I, I missed the draft when the draft was with general managers and they came out and they explained why they wanted certain folks. Yep. I also hate it that there was matches in between this. Stuff. I hate that too. It doesn't need to be. It does not. 
And I just, I hate it. Like, I, I, I wanted this thing to be more logical. And I think I wanted to, um, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's just that, like, I, I want the presentation to feel more logical, more realistic, something you can more invest into. Um, and yeah, that's, that's kind of my thing. And I just don't, I, I guess, I guess, like, I, I want the draft to really feel like a reset and not like a storyline. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's. I guess that's where I'm at with it. Like, I wanted to feel like a storyline. I wanted to feel. I, I wanted to feel like a uh, not a storyline. I I wanted not to feel like a storyline. I wanted to feel like a reset. The draft should be a part of like this is the beginning, and this is how we reset everything to go forward. And and then the biggest elephant in the room is. I also don't want to do a draft for people to just go and do whatever they want in any given time. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because I think that's the first thing I said when they said the draft was coming. I I was like, oh, okay, well, the rumors and some people said that was happening. I guess they're happy that they got it right. But also I'm thinking to myself, like, well, when did it ever matter? Mm-hmm. You know? And when also did it, to add when to did it, it ever matter? I think they need to really do something with the belts in a way. Like right now you have these you uh, unified titles for the tag team titles are both unified. Like the both Raw and SmackDown title are all with one person. They float on both shows. Of course, Roman being the Universal and the WWE champion floating on both shows. If you going to do something with the draft, separate the titles. But then use the storyline aspect, like you said, clear that out before the draft. So you have a clear identifying way that if you got the universal title and it's blue, it's going to be on SmackDown. And this is what you're fighting for. If you're doing a WWE title and it's black, it's going to be on Raw. This is what you're fighting for. I just wanted to add that in for it right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I don't know, folks. Y'all let us know what y'all expectations for the draft and so on. Um, While we still got a little bit of time, even though we start a little bit late, we're still going to keep it very solid in our programming and the timing how we do things here give me a couple of picks man give me a couple of things that you would like to see um for the draft here so one one is splitting the titles i think what you need to do um, not a draft thing so not a draft thing but not no, a draft no. thing yeah storyline but it, before do it but, but see, before the draft but see even with that like because you I, you don't you don't strip roman because of the draft no, that no, doesn't no, make no, sense no, no. and again i don't want the draft to be a storyline but I think you have to logically explain, like, for instance, who gets the first pick? Raw, SmackDown. I, we'll discuss Raw, right? Mm-hmm. Probably Raw, but I would flip a coin. Okay, cool. You cannot pick Roman mm-hmm. because he has to be on both shows. He has to be on both shows, right? So if you say, if you make a whole spill about my first pick is no other than the best wrestler in the world right now, da 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 da, Roman Reigns. But he's going to be on SmackDown next week. Mm-hmm. See why this doesn't make sense? Like, yep. if you don't do Roman, then I say, okay, I have to take Cody Rhodes. He literally was this close to beating him. That's your number one pick. So, you know, and, and whoever show get the first pick and so on. But, I, I again, it needs to be logical here. It needs to make yep. sense. The other thing I think that doesn't make sense is splitting teams up. You know why I no. said that don't make sense? Because if you can get both players – why not just take them? Yep, exactly. Why would you ever say I only want Angelo Dawkins? Oh, yeah, that's what I was. Yep, perfect example. Versus, yep, yep. And why example. would you? Ever, and like the stuff like that makes sense. And like the fact that f- uh, fans are just like, 
a split up is coming. Now, teams who aren't really teams here, when you talk about like Liz, Liv Morgan oh, yeah. and uh, Raquel Rodriguez, Rodriguez yep. it's not really a team. So yep. you can split them because they're not really a team. But you don't go after the New Day. Remember they did that? Terrible yes. decision. Yes. So anyway, let me stop talking. Who, 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 give me three picks that make sense. And whatever brand, whatever show, call-ups and so on, just give me what you got. So I think just just right, random predictions. I think Braun Breaker should be Raw. Um, I think he should be the face of Raw. Um, I think that's the something. Face of the Raw. Face of Raw. <laughs> if you and and once again, if you used Raw as that dynamic of how do you push up and coming stars, I think he could be the face of that. Um, is that I, what Raw is? Raw is the A show, so that's not the developmental show. See, here's what I think. I, I think SmackDown should be the A show because it's on national TV, and I I even think. The draft should be, like you said, no wrestling for two hours, straight picks for two hours, and then you have your supplemental picks that used to happen, you know, on WWE.com. That needs to happen on the Saturday no, morning bro. where you can look at that. For, I, for, forget doing it on television. Peacock, take two ooh, hours and do the good draft. Call. Good call. And then immediately let it go into this week's programming and yep. Raw and SmackDown. So that would be, like be like a Saturday special event? Yeah, easily. And Raw is always going to be the number one show. It's the it's the lineage. I mean, it's, it's the no way. Yeah, I get it. Um, yeah. And then another thing that I would say is this. Um, and you say something about splitting the teams up, and I love the Judgment Day, but you have individual wrestlers in the Judgment Day. I really think that Dominic Mysterio. There you go. This is the foolishness that we talk about. Everybody say don't make saying. no sense. And literally none of this makes sense. If you can get the whole Judgment Day. To put name, them all on one show, right? Name the weakest member of the Judgment Day. It's not even, a weak member. It's not a weak member. Right so why would now. you it's split not, them up? Not. Why would you split them up? Mommy got the belt. Finn Balor is a top tier wrestler who you instantly could put in a title picture. Dominic right. Mysterio is the best heel in wrestling. And still to this day, I'm going to be a Damian Priest day to the end, watching him from the very beginning at any given point. He Listen, I'm not saying it by body comparison, yep. but he to me is like Dijak. The moment you give this person an opportunity, he's off and running. And let's not forget, he's working big programming, bad he bunny, is. now he for is. a whole year. Yep. It's a big deal. And they're going to Puerto Rico. He's a oh, top yeah. star. You don't bring up Judgment Day. Come on now, don't... Get away from the foolishness, Matt. Go, go for it. Okay, all right. So, so I just really think I think Dominic Mysterio fits on SmackDown, and I think the whole Judgment Day needs to go on SmackDown. So I think, yeah. and when you think about Rey Mysterio and and what he did for SmackDown for a long time, I think Dominic Mysterio can do that for the next generation of SmackDown. Got it. And like, I like I, that. I think on Friday nights, don't forget I'm where Rhea's at with the belt. She's there with the belt already. So I think with that, using your tool, which I agree the whole Judgment Day could be, like, featured on SmackDown as, like, that staple that when you look on Friday night, you know you're going to see Judgment Day, and you're going to get it. And Eddie Guerrero, for a little while, did it on SmackDown, too, when he was on there as a world champion. Let me let me remind you of when SmackDown first went to uh, the uh, Fox with yes. the recent deal. One of the names that went over to SmackDown was Charlotte Flair. Yep. And Charlotte is always a top-tier wrestler. But for the same exact thing that you said about Dominic Mysterio, when you say Charlotte Flair, you, the uncasual fan may not know who that is, but you know that last name. You're going to yes. say, oh, yep. yep. I need to see what's up with her. 
mm-hmm. think it's going to be the same that with Dominic Mysterio. I'm like, yep. Mysterio. Let oh, me see what got, he's doing. Yeah, he's got to be related to 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 Ray to some. Oh, that's his son. son. Oh, this dude is a jerk. Oh, I love to hate him. You know? and he reminds me of Eddie Guerrero. I like that. And, yeah, and the charisma style that comes with this. So and yeah, now you're blending a, in two great, that's two a great wrestlers in one. That's a done deal right there. We in the war room. We just picked up the phone yeah. for our next pick. Right, <laughs> right. Day. That's a that's a good pick. Go go. Give me a third one. Um. So a third one, I would say. Now, now let me ask this. Let me preface this. Is NXT involved in this draft, or is it just still Raw versus? Well, they said everybody. They said every superstar, and I would think that with Triple H and Shawn Michaels' relationship, I think they're going to have a healthy deal in making sure that the right people come up at the right time where Vince were pulling people up because he wanted it to. And Triple H said he had no control over that. Then this was going to be done much more healthy. So I'm also pick another group to be on SmackDown. that could be featured. Once again, I'm, I'm loving SmackDown because I'm a little partial oh, to it. I know you're going at with this. Schism. Oh, chase, you're going you. With chase you. I love chase this. You. I love chase it. You. I love chase it. you. And when you think about what, and I'm not comparing what they did with the spirit squad, but when you think about the spirit squad and what they did and how they built wrestlers to the next level, being in that group, I think chase you would do the same thing and they will be hot to open shows. They'll be hot to go after that tag team title. And I think chase you will be great moving up on the SmackDown roster. God, I love all those picks. Okay, my bad. You reeled yourself back in there, Mr. Silly Sir. There you go. There you go. Um, yeah, I like that. I like that. <sighs> okay. First of all, I'm just going to say anybody that's part of the IRL deal, NIL deal, mm-hmm. um, all stay near NXT. You have the performance center contract. Yes. Folks have to finish their academic uh, work, and then they come to WWE, and you stay near that. So anybody who's just recently from that deal, over to making small appearances or house show appearances, you keep them nowhere near this draft. Zoe Starks is a name that instantly jumps out to me. Um, she is ready to go. Mm-hmm. Every single time she show up and shows out. Zoe Starks to, I, th- I think to Raw. I think to okay. Raw. And it's it's hard to it's hard to say because I think she's a pure wrestler. And I think you need to work a little bit more on what this gimmick is going to be. Um, where I think SmackDown, because of the attention it brings, is sink or swim on on SmackDown because households watch SmackDown because yep. it's on regular television on Friday yep. night. The niche wrestling fan watches Raw on Monday. Yeah. So it starts to Raw. Um, and I think she's gonna have an amazing career and I just continue to see her stay healthy and just uh, get her near a championship very soon. Um, let's talk about let me see who else. Who else? There were some names out here. Uh, um, what's you gonna do mm. with Cody? I mean, you do Cody, whatever, whoever gets the first pick, you pick Cody. Got it. That's just simple. simple. And and I think with Cody, you also have to make sure that the people draft it. That I, I again I'm putting my foot in my own mouth. We don't want a storyline, but you have to make proper people around Cody. Yes, because you have to keep him programmed. Without the title involved for about a year. Yep. I don't think you do SummerSlam, but you have to keep him programmed for about a year. And Roman can switch from any show to any show. So yep. that's how I feel about that. Got one more um, for you. Newly signed Logan Paul. Yeah. SmackDown all the way. All the Easily, way. All like the way. That. I like um, that. I will say one other random name that I'm going to throw out there is um, I would like to see Ricochet back in a singles run okay and i will also like to see him on raw 
I would also wouldn't mind seeing him on SmackDown as well. Maybe mm-hmm. more SmackDown. And I will say that Ricochet still has a lot left in the tank. Mm-hmm. And I think as the landscape of wrestling continues to evolve, I said, I told Ricochet, which I need to drop this review very soon. I said, Ricochet, you are the bar. When it comes to high-flying wrestling, you're the bar. The things you do, no one can do. And for a while, people were trying to emulate that. And I think Will Ospreay and you have done magic for years. Um, I know there's a sort of a whatever your cup of tea in terms of who you think is the better high flyer between the two of them. But I think Ricochet and just how the finesse and what he does, I think that this new generation of folks doing it, when you talk about uh, Vikingo and so on, I think that like Ricochet, Ricochet is still that person. I think we need to get back to letting Ricochet do what he does best and truly getting back in the mix and being a featured talent each and every week near a singles run um, that is going to draw ratings. And why is he going to draw ratings? Because he could talk, he can work gimmicks, yep. Yep. and he can fly. But Kingo draws ratings yep. and doesn't have to talk. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. And I, I just want to throw out, and really quick before we end the show here, um, let's add one more woman. Any other women and where you would like to see them go and what you would like to see them do? So I'm gonna take a partial somebody I really love the most, Bailey. Um, you, I think you have to break up damage control. You have to break up damage control. You do, but I think you have to break them up where they go all individual ways. Um, that- and I, I think Bailey, keep her. You got to keep her as a heel. I, I like her as a heel. I don't want her to go back to a face because I think she suits better as a heel. Um, but I think wherever, kind of similar to what you said for Cody. You have to program people around Bailey that could tell a story. And in my opinion, since uh, 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 Monet, I can't even remember her her name. uh, Mercedes Monet. Monet, It's like nobody is there that could tell a story with Becky now. Because I think think Becky Lynch is on another level. But with Bailey, I think she needs somebody to help tell that story. But who's going to be that person you pair her with that can do it? Charlotte, Bianca Belair, instant title pitcher. Let her go at it. I like that thought there. I'm going to read this comment, and we're going to end the show. WWE needs a second mid-card title for the men and a mid-card. I mean, I feel like we're just kind of oversaturated with titles, and I also think that this is the issue because Roman has both championships, and I think you do need to unify them. That way you don't mess up his uh his uh his run I believe uh, what's, with that. what's the word I'm looking for here not not tenured uh his uh his, uh it's uh, run but it was another word I was looking for here um but you his, I reign? Think you just, his reign there we go thank you <laughs> um I think you unify him so you don't mess up the integrity of his reign where you don't we're like if you see one title drop then it's like well was he the unify for this many days or what so I think you just unify and let it be that um and then I don't know if I need another championship. But if man. if I did bring a championship, I would bring one back. My favorite title of all, the, the European. European title. Yeah. And and when you think about Mustafa Ali, when you think about um, and I don't think Ricochet should be on Mustafa. the lower tier. Well, Mustafa. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, when you think about Cedric Alexander, when you think about people that uh, show, he Benjamin, needs a nice draft stock. Yes. To reset him now. Yes. Yes, and that European title could be something that 
if used correctly, could build up. Because remember, back in our days when we were young, when you had the Val Venuses and the D'Lo Brown that were all competing for that <laughs> European title, we were yeah. invested. We were. Yeah. yeah. And also, I think either you bring that back or you bring a, a belt that makes sense with the international yep. moves that you're making here. And the last bit of news that we make is WWE. There have been rumors that there were going to be a king and queen uh, tournament that yes. was going to happen in uh, Saudi Arabia. So the king and queen of the ring tournament, which was supposed to happen in Saudi Arabia is Saturday, July 27th. Well, <clears throat> news just came out for Saturday, May 27th, that the night of champions is actually going to be the pay-per-view. So we'll just talk about that more next ring. week. Yeah. I, or queen, king and queen. Just name the whole title. Uh, well, to me, this tells me that they're shifting from that because night of champions is actually what, you know, the pay-per-view before it became a clash of champions. Yes. So, yes. But anyway, with this deal that you have in Saudi Arabia, I think you do have a championship that makes sense that, you know, will be featured internationally. Absolutely. When you do, you know, when you go to the UK, when you go to Australia, when you go to Japan, have a championship that makes I know you have the intercontinental championship, but you need something else that makes sense that can cross brand as well too. Um, a mid card cross branding title. That's what needs to be done yep. here. Make it make Agreed. sense. Agreed. I make like it that. Make sense. All right, folks, that's it for tonight for the Big Go Belt Wrestling Podcast. We're live each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You all taking part of the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, but if not, if you listen to us on all audio platforms, get in the comments, let us know your thoughts about tonight's episode. Interact with us on Twitter at Big O Bell. Catch up with us on all news and so on. Reviews, all that other good stuff at BigOBelt.com. Until next week, folks, y'all stay safe and we'll see you back again for another episode.